Welcome to Love Rules, the radio ministry of Roxbury Presbyterian Church in Boston. My mom, Liz Walker, was Boston's first African-American television news anchor, but her most important job is what she does right now at RPC, preaching the good news about God's love. The Bible says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. How does that work? Join my mom now as she offers us Love Rules from Roxbury Presbyterian Church. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Love Rules. Today's message, Tearing Down Strongholds. And our text is 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, the 3rd through the 5th verses. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. No matter how much we profess our faith, no matter how hard we try, we all struggle in this life. Our lives are all subject to dramatic lurches and stumbles, one step forward, two steps back. One moment soaring with the eagles and the next stumbling blindly in the valley. The Apostle Paul cried, What I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. Contemporary preachers don't talk much about the devil, but I've lived long enough and seen enough of the impact of genocidal wars, the ravages of domestic violence and child abuse, the insidious dregs of human behavior, to understand the text when it says the devil kills, steals, and destroys. The devil is busy, and he has an army. Paul says we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities, and powers of this dark world. The devil is powerful, and perhaps his greatest power is that most of the world doesn't believe he exists. Remember the time that Jesus explains to his disciples he will go to Jerusalem and the cross and Peter impulsively resists the decision. And Jesus' response was, get thee behind me, Satan. There was no mention that Peter was demon-possessed or that Satan was around. But Jesus knew what we need to remember. Satan will use anybody or anything to have his way. Paul is referring to Satan in this second letter to the Corinthians. Now, he is working on a weak church that is being wooed by some false teachers, and they're calling Paul weak. Paul says, I may be weak, but I have God's authority. He reminds the church, and he reminds us, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. When an army takes on enemy territory, One of its top priorities is to locate the strongholds, those points of power and weaponry being held by the enemy. And then the next job is to tear those strongholds down. We have to tear down Satan's strongholds. How do we do it? Paul gives us an answer right away. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought. Hear this now. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Taking captive our thoughts. What Paul is saying is that a lot of the enemy's strongholds are in our minds. The devil's favorite battleground, where he can do the most damage, 
is in your mind before you walk out the door, before you begin to work, before you go to church, the devil can take on your mind, your thought life. I read a fascinating book a while back. The author is a psychologist, Roy Baumeister. But the author argues that self-regulation failure is the biggest social pathology we face. Let me say that again. Self-regulation failure. Most major problems, personal and social, center on the failure of self-control. You know, our problems like addictions, promiscuity, eating disorders, underachievement in school. The list goes on and on, but there are issues of self-control. And Baumeister describes restoring self-control as a matter of strengthening our willpower or changing our mindset. I call it taking down a stronghold. But while the psychologist describes willpower as a matter of energy that gives you all kinds of exercises you can do to focus on things at one time or getting plenty of rest, and those are things that you can do to control your willpower, I would argue You can't really do this on your own because the battle we are fighting is too big a battle for us alone. If we think we can fight alcoholism, for instance, by ourselves, we're wrong. If we think we can get off drugs by ourselves, we're wrong. If we think we can battle depression or sexual promiscuity or despair, not alone. There are battles maybe that you can fight by yourselves, but not these kinds of battles. You need help, and you certainly cannot fight sin alone either. The Bible assures us that the Holy Spirit is there to help us in our weaknesses. The Holy Spirit lives inside each believer with the express job of molding and shaping and revealing to us where the trouble spots are in our lives. You say, Reverend Liz, I know that. Why are you telling me that? I believe that. But here's the problem. I have not experienced any of that change. What's wrong with the Holy Spirit? Well, I'm here to tell you the problem is never in the Holy Spirit. The problem is in you. How much time do you give God? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. God's kingdom is a kingdom of the heart, the mind, and the spirit. Anything that turns those parts of you away from God is problematic. In order to understand what has to happen, for you to, to, to put down the devil's strongholds, you have to spend more time with God. How much time do you give to prayer? You know, one of the things this psychologist writes about is called the mystery of AA, the most successful treatment ever for alcohol abuse. Social scientists still can't figure out exactly how AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, works. There are no systematic records. There are 12 steps, but they aren't systematically devised. There is no quantifiable way to measure the dynamics of the program. In one interview, rock star Eric Clapton describes his alcoholic spiral towards suicide. It's an ugly story. It includes Clapton's fall into cocaine, heroin, and just about any kind of drug he could find. Until for some reason, by the grace of God, Eric Clapton made his way into a treatment facility that uses AA. Clapton then talks about the first three steps of AA, admitting you have no power, recognizing there is a higher power, and turning your problem, your addiction, over to that power. Then they tell them, seek that power all the time. Well, as far as I'm concerned, that higher power is Jesus. 
Salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given to men by which men must be saved. Clapton follows the steps, and in the book, he says he prays, and he says he has not stopped praying since he became sober. That's what I call tearing down the strongholds. Nothing you can do on your own, but with the power of the Holy Spirit, you can do it. Absolutely, you can do it. If you want to change your mindset, you have to pay attention to what you set your mind on. And I'm suggesting you set it on God and the Word of God. The Bible says the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged swords, penetrating to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You see, the Word of God is active. It's not just in the book, just words that are just there. It's active. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Concerned about depression? Psalm 31, 24. Be of good courage, and God will strengthen your heart, all of you who hope in the Lord. If you have anxiety, Philippians 4, 6. In everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Is your problem stubbornness or hard-heartedness? Isaiah 46, 9. Remember the things I've done in the past, for I alone am God. I am God, and there is none like me. When the Bible says that God's word is living, that means it's demanding. It requires decisions. You can't just read it passively. It says you got to do something. That's how you tear down the devil's stronghold. There is terminology you find only in the Bible, particularly in Paul's epistles, that refers to putting on and putting off. Ephesians 6, putting on the armor of God. Ephesians 4.22, putting off your old self and putting on your new self. Step into, wrap yourself in, dress yourself up in, cover, clothe yourself, become fully committed to, embrace. You see, that's what you have to do to tear down those strongholds. Be open and sensitive to what God will do for you and through you. Yes, life is going to be a struggle. There will be hard times. There'll be times we think we've lost. We'll have to take one step up and then we'll fall back, but we get up again. We can work it out, but we can't do it alone. When the Holy Spirit led a fully human Jesus and and a fully holy Jesus, a divine Jesus into the desert. He had to battle with the devil for 40 days. It was a battle of the minds. Satan was trying to establish a stronghold. But Jesus not only resisted, Jesus tore it down, every stronghold that Satan tried to build. You know, Lent is not too far away. And as we prepare to celebrate it, we need to think about the devil's strongholds in our lives. And I want you to know, no matter what you're going through, and everybody's going through something, it is possible to tear them down. Be blessed, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is located at 328 Warren Street, right in the heart of Roxbury. Come worship with us on Sundays at 11 a.m. This is a listener-supported program. We invite you to partner with us and learn the many ways that love rules. Visit us on our website, roxburypresbyterianchurch.org, or call us at 617-445-2222.
2116. 